When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent inevitably involves sacrifice. There's less money, less sleep, and less time for yourself. As a mother, finding time to care for yourself is essential, but can seem like an impossible task. Not only may it seem impractical, but it may even feel selfish. How can you find the time and energy to help yourself so that you may care for your children? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and mother of three. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with newbies. All right. So welcome, everyone. Um, as far as how you can get involved with newbies, we are always looking for people to be part of our show. So if you are a newly postpartum mom, or even if you're not, even if your kids are a little bit older and you've got some wisdom to share, we would love to have you on our show. The best thing to do is head on over to our website at newmommymedia.com. And there's a bunch of banners and stuff there on the site that basically walk you through the process of becoming a parent on our show. There's an online application you fill out, which just gives us some more information about you so we can reach out to you if there's a topic that we think that you might be interested in. Also, we have a Facebook group where we post all of our topics and our times. So you can join that and you can reach out to us when there's a topic you're interested in. Also, another thing I wanted to promote, and we'll do one of these a little bit later in the show, are our iTunes reviews. Reviews are so important to our show. It's how people find out about newbies. And a lot of people find us through iTunes. So if you happen to be listening to us through iTunes, there is a rating and review section. If you go to that, you can leave us a certain amount of stars out of five stars. So let's just say five out of five stars. Or um, you can also leave us an actual review and tell us what you like about the show, how it's helped you, all that good stuff. And so if you do that, it actually helps us show up in search results for people looking for parenting content. So it helps other parents find out about newbies. So if you leave a review, it's extremely helpful for us. So please consider doing that. All right, let's meet the mom joining us today. Tell us about yourself, your family, and your experience with today's topic. Hi, my name is Graham, and I am a mom of two. I have a three-year-old little boy and a seven-month-old daughter. I actually experienced postpartum depression and anxiety after my son was born, and self-care was something that I worked on really hard with my therapist, 
And I have kind of become a convert. Um, I call myself a self-care evangelist <laughs> because I, <laughs> I bug every mom that I know about this. And I've actually started a group on Facebook specifically for moms, just talking about self-care and supporting each other through trying to make that a priority in our lives. I love that. We'll link to that, Graham. Okay, Give great. me that link and we'll post it on the website. Yay! So I'm Sunny, and I'm producing today's show, and I have four kids, two boys, two girls. Um, my boys are my oldest, ages five and four, and then my youngest are my twins, and they're two and a half, my girls. And self-care, what is self-care? I don't even remember what self-care is. I used to take care of myself. Um, actually, I'm on a mission right now. It started earlier this week, and um, I'm really on a mission to take better care of myself, and... I have some motivating factors in my life to help me do that. But um, actually, you know, I just found that moms deserve it. I deserve it, you know, and I give so much to my family and I'm sure all the moms listening to this, you can relate to this. It's just giving, 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 and then we forget about ourselves and that's not really what's best, right? I mean, we have to be able to take care of ourselves so we can take care of other people and just so we can be happy because I think we lose our identity so much as moms and I'm just, I'm in the process now. I'm two and a half years, yeah, two and a half years out from having babies and I'm still trying to find myself and figure out what is this body? Again, I don't even know who this is. And I'm, right now I'm, I'm in this, I don't know, stage or in this season of reclaiming who I am. Oh, so. I love that word, reclaiming. Yeah. I love this episode too because I am the biggest hypocrite when it comes to self-care. I will tell all my clients, self-care, you know, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And then I go home and I do nothing for myself other than take care of my three children. So I'm really glad that we're doing this because maybe it'll help me, like you said, reclaim, you know, for myself. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so before we kick off our episode today and really dive into this topic of self-care, I guess this headline, we're going to talk about news headline, and I think it is kind of tied into self-care a little bit right after having a baby. So there is, uh, maybe you've heard about this online, so you guys know who Chrissy Teigen is. She is John Legend's wife, and she's been under fire recently. She just had a baby, and was it the next day? The next day she stepped out um, and went out with her husband, heaven forbid they're able to go out of the house after they have a baby you know they have enough money where you know I'm sure someone very qualified is watching their baby right now yeah. but she's like under fire right now first of all she's just gorgeous I mean she's beautiful she just had a baby certainly doesn't look like she just had a baby she looks very stylish like these black leather pants and her husband's right there with her and they go out and people are just kind of like what not happy about this like maybe maybe it's a jealousy thing but I, I'm seeing a lot of hate and I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand why we can't be happy even this even if this wasn't our story and it's it's not our story, right? Maybe, you know, it took you a while to get out of the house afterwards or whatever. Every, everybody is different, but I just feel like there's a lot of hate regarding this and I'm just like, well, 
at the same time, shouldn't we be supportive? It's not like you have to, and and maybe that's it. Like people are worried that if too much stuff, you know, gets out about, oh, you should be beautiful walking out the next day, then you know, I know that that can lead into you know other issues and even you know depression about not being at that stage. But what do you guys? What do you think of this, um, Kristen? Let's start with you. Well, I just read the article and it said nine days after she had a baby, so about a, about oh, a week and a nine half. Days. Um, okay. Well, you know, and credit to her for feeling that good after nine days. I know after a week and a half of just giving birth, my boobs still felt like swollen, sore watermelons. And I was still not feeling well enough to, you know, go downstairs and make dinner, let alone go out and get all dolled up and go on a date. So, you know, I'm glad that she physically was feeling well enough to do that. Um, Like you said, it's not it's not our business to sit there and say what kind of mother someone is because they're doing something that we wouldn't do um, for all we know. And I actually follow her on Instagram just because I am a doula and a lot of people are really interested in the fact that she publicly breastfeeds a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's obviously caring for her child in a way that is different than what some of us would do, but that doesn't mean it's wrong because we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. She might be the most nurturing, loving, you know, parent in the world. And I'm sure there's people that don't go out that maybe don't attend to their children in the same quality because your home doesn't mean that you're giving your kid quality care. So we shouldn't rush to judgment just because she's investing in her marriage. So, um, you know, just because it looks different doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think some of us sometimes are like, well, I wish I could do that, you know, (laughs) or um, I would never do that. And, and maybe you would, you don't know, you're not in that person's shoes, you're not in that person's life. So let's just, let's just focus on our own problems and focus on self care and the way that's appropriate for ourselves and our family. You know, for me, this article just really struck me as mommy shaming. And the mommy shaming thing is has just got to stop. I mean, women are shamed for publicly breastfeeding or they're shamed for bottle feeding or they're shamed for, for goodness sake, what they're wearing or you went out too soon with your husband. You're not going out enough. I love what you said, Kristen, that everybody is so different. I always like to say to my clients, we cannot compare our insides to someone's outsides. You don't know what's going on in their life and Maybe this is really important for this couple to reconnect and to have a break. As you know, being a new parent is 24-7, and it can be really, really tough to adjust to that. So I applaud them that they went out on a date night. That's so hard for so many couples. And, you know, there there shouldn't be these camps of, well, I never would do that, so therefore it's wrong. I I love that you guys are bringing this up. I think this really tunes into the self-care concept. Yeah. And Grab, what do you think? I would totally have done that. If I had their money and I could have, (laughs) seriously, if I could have had somebody come to my house after I had given birth and do my makeup and my hair and help me get ready and take care of me, if I had had a nanny or somebody that I knew that I could trust to be with my baby and I had a husband that looked like John Legend. I really hope nobody else is listening to this. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, Adam, I love you. Okay. <laughs> really? Yes, I would have done that. Are you yeah. kidding me? I would 1 million percent, if I had somebody who could have picked out an outfit that would have made me look great and helped yeah. me get ready and made me feel beautiful and 
yeah, yes, yes. A million times, yes, I would have done that. I think some of this is coming from jealousy because most of us can't do that. Most of us, it wasn't even an option. Even if we did bounce back really easily, I had a couple of friends who giving birth is just not hard for them. And I wish I was one of them. But, um, but I have two friends who like were, they were upset that they had to get in the wheelchair to be wheeled out of the hospital because they were like, let's just go. I just want to go home. Um, And they very easily could have been out two, three days later, would have loved to have gone out, especially in that first two weeks when your baby is actually just sleeping and you can before people, I think people forget what those, those first couple of weeks when your baby is sleeping a huge chunk of time before things roll into, Hey, it's been an hour. I'm hungry again. Um, Before that really happens, take advantage of that, that like honeymoon period um, to rest up or go to a movie or go to dinner or whatever is going to make you feel like a human being again and not just this person who created another person. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hating. It's kind of gets sad, but I mean, she looks so good. Like, I mean, and, and I don't want people to feel bad. Like that's what, you know, you have to look like that. You guys, she is a sports illustrated swimsuit model. Right. With a team of people. Please don't forget that she has a team of people supporting her. Yes, she can roll right. out of bed looking you know like that. I didn't even think about that, Graham. I'm thinking, oh, you know, she, she got herself dressed, but you're right. She, she probably had not. her stylist yeah. and her makeup right. artist and her hairstylist. And- yeah. Which is all part of it oh my gosh how wonderful would that have been that had to I feel know. so good yeah. to sit yeah. there and have somebody do your makeup and play with your hair and like you know oh yeah that would have and been while fabulous. she was probably breastfeeding breastfeeding yes i, yes. Would, so, I would pay a billion dollars for that if i had a billion dollars which i don't <laughs> gosh and just for the record there are postpartum doulas we don't do hair or makeup well maybe some of us do i don't <laughs> But they will come over and love on you and love on your baby if you do need a break. So just yeah, just throwing that out there. <laughs> when I I could just look at her and be like, Lynn, I need a hug, and she would she would put the baby down and come and give me a hug. She was fabulous. Aww. Yeah, that's awesome. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today we are continuing our series on delayed postpartum depression by discussing the importance and difficulty of self-care. Our expert today is Beth Warren, psychotherapist specializing in postpartum mood disorders. Thank you so much for joining us today, Beth, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so funny. I know I sound like a broken record, literally, because <laughs> I, I say this every single time I come on the show, but I am so grateful to you ladies for bringing this topic up. I think so many mamas, as you guys identified yourselves, really struggle with self-care and then feel very guilty as a result or maybe feel like they're alone because they're comparing themselves to all their mama friends that they see who are out and about doing stuff. And I just love that you're bringing bringing this to the surface so that we can talk about it. And I'll tell you what, I think we will be successful today if if you come a- 
away from this with even one new idea or at the very least feel really validated because you're not alone and struggling with how to incorporate self-care into your new routine. Right. So now, Beth, I know a lot of our mothers know the answer to this question already, but what about motherhood makes self-care so challenging? I love so much that you're even asking this because I have a feeling you're all going to think I'm going to say time or sleep deprivation or being so sleepy. All of those things are compounding factors, of course. You all know that. But the other thing that I think is really valuable to identify is the tremendous role shift that happens when you become a mama. It is the the fastest kind of jump to a, a different developmental stage that you're ever going to go through. I mean, think about you didn't become a teenager overnight. That gradually happened. You didn't become an adult overnight. That gradually happened. But being a mama, that literally happened from one minute to the next. And so many moms will share that their pregnancy, they tended to think so much about the labor and delivery process. They really focused on the pregnancy process and didn't so much think, or maybe when they were thinking about postpartum topics, they would think more about like idealizing it. Oh, I'm going to be holding my baby and I'll make a gourmet meal for my husband when he comes home. And oh my God, I'm going to have the cutest homemade birth announcements and, you know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And don't often think about what that actually will really look like when you are struggling and maybe you haven't left the house in several days or showered in God knows how long, you know? And the last thing I think that's really important to talk about is this concept of the non-tangible success. You know, in our prior lives, you are are so good at what you do. Maybe you are a kick-butt lawyer and you know how to do your job and you get a certain amount of satisfaction and money and you can complete a project and get a pat on the shoulder or promotion as a mama, of course. None of those things are true, right? You don't have the tangible reward of I put in this much effort and I get this much out of it. I mean, certainly it's intangible from the standpoint of, wow, I'm a good enough mom because I kept my baby alive. I, I'm right. doing my best with feeding <laughs> or I took a shower today. But man, does that shift. If you are a, a high functioning person heading into pregnancy, you don't think to give yourself credit for taking a shower, for example. Right. That was always my goal. <laughs> Yeah, it's an awesome goal. <laughs> but it's not like it's on your to-do list, right? So it's no. not like you can check it off and then say, I did that today. I feel accomplished. Um, I put right. it on my to-do list. Oh, good for no, you. No, I really did. I had to. I had yeah. to because uh, it was like day four of a no shower. And I was like, what is that? Sm- oh, my gosh, that's me. Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized that every day I had said, okay, okay, Graham, you need to take a shower. And then this happened and that happened and this other thing happened. And I was checking all the things that off the list that were actually written down. And I just had this light bulb moment, like, duh, if you write it down, it will get done. And I did. Oh, I and it got done. So I smell good now. <laughs> I was going to comment on yeah. how good you smell, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> this is smell-o-vision, you know. <laughs> So now, Beth, how soon after we have our baby can we begin to practice self-care and what can that look like? Again, I'm such a broken record, but I'm so glad you asked this because there's no formula, right? Like, let's go back to that article that we just talked about. For Chrissy Teigen, going on a date night was 
totally possible and doable for her at nine days. But I think we need to back up for a second and just even quantify or talk about what is self-care. I ran a support group one time with new mamas and I actually put that out there to the group of what do you guys do for self-care? And it was like crickets. And a lot of women actually admitted, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. Right. Um, I think it's good for us just to define basically self-care is taking care of your needs, filling your bucket, in other words, doing what makes you feel good or what typically brought you pleasure before or made you really tap into your sense of identity. So to go back to your question of when can we engage in self-care after having a baby, immediately. What does that look like though? Of course, it's not going to look like you're running a marathon at the day of or going to the spa. It actually might look like finding your voice. Maybe the nurse says something that you don't understand and you need to speak up and give clarification. Or maybe it means asking for a family member to bring in some lunch for you because for whatever reason, that hospital food's not agreeing with you. Maybe it means letting your husband know that you could use a shoulder rub as you're breastfeeding because being hunched over is new to you and this feels really uncomfortable in your back. You know, it can look like a million different things. I like that you said that because you're right. It it doesn't look the same for everybody, you know. Right. It it can be different for everybody and even the smallest thing. It doesn't have to be a huge grand gesture. It can be something as simple as, you know, just eating with the fork and knife and not having to like drop food on your baby's head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true? I mean, being a mama, so much of it is really finding your voice again and learning to tap back into your needs. And a lot of moms automatically shift and go into this stage of my needs come second. Right. You know, and to a degree that has to be true. If your baby's starving, you're not going to say, oh, hold on, I got to go eat first. I mean, of course, you're not going to do that. But how can you blend that so that you're still, again, filling your bucket? And I know a lot of us, like you said, it's a developmental shift. So from when people in life have demands and requests of you, saying yes and no can be really difficult. And I know I'm guilty of this, but a lot of us have a hard time saying no after we have babies. So how can we identify that as an important part of self-care and how can we do it more easily? Oh, I love, again, that you're, I keep saying that. I love that you're asking this question. Um, <laughs> I'm becoming very predictable. So part of it is practicing and just knowing yourself. So maybe prior to the pregnancy, you weren't so great at this either. So giving yourself a break that it's not like just because you became a mom, you're going to be so good with boundaries and so good with setting your limits and really being protective of yourself and saying no. So maybe this needs to be kind of more of a lifetime of practice. One thing that I work with my clients on a lot that do have a hard time saying no and end up getting sucked into stuff and then feeling resentful later is, first of all, doing a body scan, really noticing if, um, let's say, someone is asking you to do something or someone is saying, hey, we're going to do this with your baby, okay, and it doesn't feel right, where do you feel it in your body? If you're noticing that your body is giving you a warning sign of like, nah, this doesn't feel good, pay attention to that. And 
the other thing is we don't have to just bust out and say no. A lot of us are, are socialized to be people pleasers as women. And so it can be really scary to say no. We go into that thought process of, oh my gosh, you know, they're going to think I'm uh, bitchy or they're never going to come to me again. What if they um, don't like me? Yeah. Oh, totally. Sometimes it's helpful just to even buy yourself time if you feel put on the spot to say, let me think about that and get back to you or let me check it out or check my calendar and get back to you. And the other thing that we do a lot is we give a lot of excuses. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not going to work for me because this is what I'm doing instead or da 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 da. What if we just practice saying, sorry, that's not going to work for me or I won't be able to help you this time. Keeping it really simple. Practicing is is really crucial. Yeah, because I think a lot of that can eventually run us into feeling burnt out. So what about feeling too burnt out to do anything? How do we get burnt out and what preventative measures can we take to avoid getting to that place? I think the burnout starts really small, like small little hairline fractures in a foundation. And over time, they grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So for example, I see in a lot of relationships where uh, mama might feel like she's got it, she knows it best, husband tries to help and it's like, no, you're doing it wrong. Actually, no, he's doing it differently. And that's not wrong. But it's funny, I notice how burnout often starts with that, that you just start doing more, doing more, asking less, asking less. And it's, you know, years down the road that you go, you're not helping at all. Why do you not do anything? And we have this poor dad with learned helplessness that doesn't know how to really engage with his children in those ways, maybe doesn't change diapers automatically because he has been shamed so many times or whatever the case may be. The other thing about burnout is just thinking about small little changes. If you notice, again, doing that body scan, man, I am fatigued or I am so resentful or I am really snapping. The baby's cry is really uh, getting to me. Then making small little shifts, checking in with yourself, like Graham's checklist, checking in with yourself in terms of, is there anything that's just for me on this list? Is there anything that is going to, again, help me fill my bucket? We all know that analogy of when you're on the plane and they tell you to put on your oxygen mask before you put on your child's. That is such a profound symbol, though, because if you have no oxygen, how can you possibly take care of your child's oxygen? Same kind of concept in motherhood. If you are not a solid self, then how can you be there? For your child. I'm so glad you're saying all of these things. <laughs> oh, this is, yes. Good. And I think it's also one of those things where these are steps that you need to take before the burnout that Kristen was talking about. Yes. These are things even before you have your baby or when you're home now, if you're home now with your baby and you know it's a month or two afterwards, on the days when you have gotten sleep, haha. Um, but when, mm-hmm. when you do have a moment when you do feel pretty good, that's when you want to think about let me write down five things that I could do right now that would make me smile, that would take no money or would take five minutes. Like, what is my favorite song that I could just have on all of my devices and turn it on whenever I want so that it's on my phone and it's in, it's on a CD in the car and it's in, you know, everywhere. Um, I really like, (laughs) don't laugh at me, but I really like blowing bubbles. Like, 
old school bubblegum, really awesome. horrible bubblegum bubbles. Like, because my mom would never let me have the that gum with sugar in it when I was little. Oh, me too. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I go to Costco now because she can't stop me. And I get like five pounds of bubblegum. Oh, my gosh. I have so much. There's gum everywhere. There's gum in my purse. There's gum in my car. There's gum all over my house where my kids can't, can't get to it. And when the baby is screaming and it's taking forever to put her down and I'm just like, oh, done. And I know that I really only have two minutes before I have to do whatever my next thing is. I can blow bubbles. And that's not a thing that's really expensive. And that's a thing that it kind of changes your whole day. And you go from sliding down into burnout to giggling because you just blew bubbles like a (laughs) five-year-old. Yeah, self-care. I think we think of self-care a lot as we have to go to the spa or we have to get a massage or we have to go out with our husband and get all dressed up. You really you don't have to do all of those things. It can be way easier than that. I also find that social media is a really big contributing factor to us feeling like we're not taking care of ourselves because we see all the things that everyone else is doing because what people put on Facebook or they talk about on Twitter or whatever platform you're using, it's just a snapshot into their life. And so it can be a easy way for us to go, oh, I'm, I'm really doing a bad job because I didn't take my kid to, you know, the park five days after he was born or I didn't do this and that. And so it can be easy to say, oh, I should be doing more. I should be getting out more. I should be being more active and more social when maybe that's not what you need. Maybe you do need to be home and just take a nice long bath or something like that. So I think that just influx of everyone else's lives is really hard, especially for our generation, because we don't get realistic pictures of what everyone else is going through. We just see what they want us to see. So just like finding balance with social media, I think is an important Mm -hmm. part of self-care so that you're not sitting there obsessing about all the things you're doing wrong. Yes. You've named something so important. I can't tell you the number of clients I have that say these things to me, like I am literally the only one not getting out or everyone else can do it but me. Everybody else is way more capable as a mama than me. That's why I constantly am saying, don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides. I know plenty of clients that are struggling with crippling anxiety, crippling depression. And yet they tell me that they are making these posts of these, you know, darling little baby pictures, or here's me and with this uh, awesome filter. And I Instagrammed as I go out for a coffee. But what people may not know is that was honestly the only time she'd gotten out the entire week. But it may look like, oh, she's so cute with her little trucker hat and her lipstick and the panic attack she had after when she got home. It yeah. is so true. You really never know. Yeah. So that kind of transitions us into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is guilt. So how do we get past feeling as though we are selfish for needing to do something for ourselves? Such a good question. And honestly, this sounds kind of strange, but I encourage you to just embrace that guilt. So if we fight ourselves on 
God, I should be doing so much more, but oh my God, I'd feel so guilty when I leave my baby. Or let's say you did go to the gym or you did have a, a timeout where you are away and you just are feeling very guilty. The more you fight yourself on what you're actually feeling, the worse it'll be. It's actually like you're growing the monster. Instead, right. if you just acknowledge the guilt, almost kind of lean into it or like you're naming the dragon to slay the dragon, I think it's okay to just acknowledge you're going to feel guilty. You are a mom. You are going to feel guilty at times. But guilt is a liar. The guilt is not a true emotion. It's amazing how distorted guilt can be. I actually encourage all of you to think about like the most recent time you felt guilty and was it valid? It's typically not a valid emotion that tells you that something is actually wrong. It's usually very, very distorted. Like, I'm feeling guilty because I went (laughs) for a walk. What? Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like ripping off a Band-Aid, right? You just got to do it, you know? And then it'll feel better once it's off. (laughs) And the more that you do it, the less guilty you feel. The first time that I left my family and went away uh, for a night and literally it was in the same town. It was just in a hotel room, like less than a mile away from my house um, because (laughs) I just had to escape. And everybody was just like, look, go, just go for one night and actually get sleep. The first time I did that, I felt like the world's worst, not just the world's worst mom, but the world's worst human being, because what kind of a person needs an escape from their family? Well, duh, everybody. Um, But now it is something that Adam and I both do regularly, and we switch off every quarter. Somebody gets a weekend off, totally off. They can do whatever they want. Wow, what a cool idea. Um, Yeah, we kick each other out of the house. Like, you go away. We put it into our budget so that it's not a thing... That is an extravagance. It is something that we think of the same way we think of our power bill and our water bill and the mortgage. And we always look for, you know, inexpensive hotels that are in here in town. And we plan it. And you leave on Friday after work or for me when he gets home from work and you come back on Sunday night and you don't get calls or texts or emails or... He doesn't get to, when I'm gone, he doesn't get to text me and say, hey, babe, do you remember where you put my so-and-so? <laughs> nope. I am off the clock. And I don't get to text him and go, oh, no, there's a roach in the house. Come home. Um, and, but that felt horrible the first time, the first two or three times, even though when I came home, I felt so much better, more energized and was able to be a better mother, even though I knew all of those things were great. I still felt horribly guilty. Yeah, but like Beth was saying, it wasn't real guilt. That was silly. That was ridiculous guilt. And now, uh, two years into that, there's zero guilt. Oh, isn't that awesome? It's like, what if you feel the guilt and do it mm-hmm. anyway? Like, what would that look like? Right. Rather than somehow listening to the guilt as being a guide. Like, right. oh, I'm feeling guilty. I shouldn't yep. do it. Yeah. We all go through these seasons in our lives and, you know, sometimes there's seasons of giving where we are just the caregiver and we take care of everyone. We maybe bring meals to a sick friend, blah, blah. But then there's also seasons of receiving and motherhood, especially earlier on in your postpartum recovery, I would say the first two years or so. Seasons of receiving is what it's all about. It's now a season of receiving support, receiving somebody else kind of helping you check in and take care of yourself, uh, you yourself receiving the the love and care for yourself. And so it, it's good to kind of think about there's shifts. This isn't going to be forever. 
It's just temporary right now. Which is such the antithesis of like the modern American woman, mm-hmm. right? Because the modern American yeah. woman does everything herself. Her house is clean all the time. Her laundry is always folded nicely and put away. Dinner is always on the table on time. And, you know, and she doesn't need anybody. And, you know, she's out jogging first thing in the morning. And, you oh, know, it's just, <laughs> it's such a myth. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's not reality. And, yeah. but yet everyone's sitting there being themselves up for not having their act together and I would say another word but this is a family (laughs) show (laughs) and and you don't have to be because guaranteed like I know I know I'm guilty of this like when people I know someone's coming to my house your house never gets cleaned faster than the five minutes before someone's going to walk in your door right because you don't want them to see how you really live but what like you said what if we embraced it what if we were like whatever someone's coming to my house this is my house this is how we live you're gonna have to deal with it you know how much better would you feel if you went to your friend's house and it was a mess how much more comfortable yeah, right? would you feel if you were like oh my gosh it's not just me yes what a relief yeah yeah and you're so right Kristen. there are so many cultures that actually embrace this idea of like seclusion and being surrounded yes. by support when they first deliver lasting 30 40 days um and you're right we don't have that in our culture we do kind of have these huge expectations for ourselves i'm going to be a super mom and i'm going to be doing this and i'm going to be doing that and it, the key word there is i not a lot of concept of who's your village how do you build your village so that you can feel secure as a mama yeah Well, when we come back, we will continue our discussion on self-care and delayed postpartum depression. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are continuing our discussion with Beth Warren. So Beth, how are some of the ways we can incorporate what used to make us happy with our old self into our new life with our new identity as a mom? It's so interesting how many women feel like their old self is gone, is dead, actually. I've heard a lot of clients express it like a death, Uh, this concept of, oh, my God, the old me, like, she is so far gone. You know, it's hard to picture yourself in your professional work clothes when you've been in the same pair of jammies for five days. It's hard to picture yourself being smart and successful and on top of your game if you have that total brain fog that comes with sleep deprivation and feeling really frazzled because you don't know your baby's cry yet. You don't know how to soothe him or her. So it's lovely to think about how can you incorporate things that used to make you tick and really help shore up your sense of identity into this new self. Because remember what we talked about, what a huge developmental shift this is. And it truly sometimes can feel like you are so far gone from your old self. So some neat exercises you can do are to even put pen to paper and to start thinking about how you would have described yourself previously, as well as right now, like I am blank. And try if you can to avoid roles, like I'll use the lawyer example from earlier, try to avoid saying like, I am a lawyer, because of course, you're still a lawyer as a new mama, but maybe you're not going to be going back to work for a while. Or same thing, try to avoid saying like, I am a mother, because all those things are like, yes, yes, you are. But who are you? What makes you feel happy? What makes 
helps you? What kind of things do you notice that you had to have as part of your daily routine uh, that maybe are no longer part of your daily routine and can slowly be incorporated in that? Graham's example of the blowing bubbles is so perfect because if something makes you happy, even if it's the tiniest thing, like spraying your perfume on, even though nobody's going to be smelling you but the baby all day, you know, anything like that, anything that makes you happy and kind of feel like your old self is going to be really helpful right now. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I got so much validation from when, before I was a mom from academic success, career success, but also music. I used to actually be an opera singer, like little known fact about me. But when I became a mom, I was like, okay, I don't have time to take singing lessons. I don't have time to sing in church. I don't have time to do competitions anymore. But I can sing to my kids and I can sing when I'm cooking and my kids can just deal with it if they don't like it. My kids are all critics. (laughs) But that was something that at first I was like embarrassed because I was like, what crazy person is just like singing while she's like making pasta? You know, that's a little crazy. But I just started doing it actually pretty recently. I got to say, I just started like not being embarrassed and my kids are like, mom, that's like really annoying. Mom, you're so loud. Um, (laughs) But I started feeling better. And so, you know, you do. You just figure out a way to, like, accommodate it in a way that's practical and functional in your new life. But you still get joy from it. Right. So is it important? I know a lot of people think, okay, well, you know, if I'm taking time to invest in myself, I'm taking from my kids. But how important is it that we forge a strong sense of self, which is separate from being a parent? This is, I think, the most crucial question that we're looking at today, because I don't know if anyone knows this woman, but it is really common for a woman who just devotes her entire heart and soul into being a mama and doesn't really nurture herself, doesn't really take care of her own needs throughout, that when her kiddos grow up and leave the home, that then it's another developmental crisis. It really is this concept. I have a lot of women in my practice who come back to therapy or even start therapy um, when the kids have left the home, and it really is this existential crisis of who am I if I'm not the mom that takes care of my kids every needs and they need me so differently now who am I separate than that that is something that you can start doing right away if not even before the baby starts arriving thinking about what really forges your identity and how can you maintain that throughout your time of early parenthood you know so for example me I'm an extrovert I know that I have to have adult conversation. I know that I have to have, you know, my girlfriend time, my friend time. Uh, So, you know, things like that. How can you make sure that these are things that are separate from you as a mama? And of course, they're going to incorporate within that too. If you can do both things together, self-care and time with your kiddo, perfect. But it's important to try to differentiate that as much as possible. Do any of you guys struggle with that or see that happening? Yes. <laughs> I had a light bulb moment actually because I was talking to my therapist about um, my relationship with my mom and my relationship with my daughter mm-hmm. and what how I wanted that mm-hmm. relationship to be. And she just said, she was like, you know, you're creating this from scratch. You can do whatever you want. You can show her how she should be treating herself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally can. Oh, wow. Like that, that became a whole, I don't know. It was, it was amazing to me. So me taking care of myself, I can show both of my kids that when I say, 
I need to step away for a minute, guys, or when they see me go out with my friends or they see their dad go out with him, you know, when they see us do those things, they're going to remember them. If we keep doing them as they grow up, they're going to see how it works in this family that we all take care of each other and we all take care of ourselves. Right. And then hopefully when my, if my kids have kids, they're not going to be having this conversation because they're going to be like, of course I have to take care of myself. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're modeling self-care. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of women will end up thinking that if they do the self-care piece, that it's taking away from their children. And Graham, you're so right that it's actually adding. You're you're teaching them these really valuable life lessons that are maybe not overt or even stated. It's those things that they learn by modeling. You know, it's something that I've been starting to incorporate too is like, I know a lot of people my age and my generation, it was, you have to be perfect all the time. A lot of us are you know, we're perfectionists. And so I started telling my daughter, you know, like when I have a bad day, part of my self-care is verbalizing and saying out loud, like, it's okay that I made a mistake today. And I start telling my daughter, I'm like, you know, you know, when mommy did that today, I'm really sorry about that. But you know, I've never been a mommy before. And I started telling her, you know, like, I'm learning, like every day I'm learning how to be a mommy because I'm new at this. You know, I've only been a mom for six years compared to my mom, who's been a mom for 40 something, you know, and, and just trying to have those conversations out loud. So my kids hear that because my boys are hopefully going to be, you know, fathers someday. And maybe my daughter's going to grow up and be a mother someday. And for them to know that parents are not perfect (laughs) and that's okay. And so that's been kind of my self-care is validating that I'm human and being human is normal (laughs) and that every day is a learning process. Same with date nights, right? Like any sort of intimacy rebuilding. Sometimes people yes. will fear that it takes away from their time with their baby or their time with their children. And actually that helps strengthen that familial bond so much. And it really does teach the children that actually you guys as a couple come first. And in order for the child to feel secure, they need to see that you guys are secure. So it's really important. So how does self-care help us overcome postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and how should it be incorporated into other support to help us heal? So this is such a valuable question because if you have a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder, or if you don't, self-care is going to be so, so crucial as part of shoring up and feeling more stable as a new parent. But particularly when you're struggling with a mood disorder, I think everyone who is listening who does can relate to this, your motivation goes out the door. So usually people, it's like this paradoxical motivation aspect where um, women often will be having no motivation to do anything. They might even be isolating from others. That's superimposed on the sleep deprivation and already the struggle uh, to cope that a lot of parents feel. And yet if you sit around and wait for the motivation to kick in, it's not going to. It's this paradox that you often have to put one foot in front of the other, and then the motivation kicks in. It's exactly like Graham was saying about pulling the Band-Aid off. The more you do, the more you're going to want to do. So for example, the first time that you take that baby out and you go to the grocery store might be so hard and you might pack way overpack and have 15 diapers with you. And you may be so <laughs> panicked about your baby melting down and, oh my God, am I going to have to leave? And what if I have to feed? You know, blah, blah. Right. But then you do it and you go, well, that wasn't perfect, but I did it and I got groceries and we're both alive. Let's go back home. And then the next time you do it, you'll go, okay, I don't need 15 diapers. I need 
maybe 10 diapers, you know, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. So the more you do it, the more that the motivation is going to kick in. Same kind of thing with slowly incorporating exercise back into your life in that postpartum period. No, it's not realistic to expect that you're going to go out and do these huge activities. But if you even just throw the baby in a Bjorn or in a stroller and go out to go get the mail and back. Hey, you did that. You got sunlight exposure. You got out and got fresh air. Sometimes it can be really isolating and just to even see other people, even if you don't engage with them, it's like, oh yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not on an island. And then that behavioral mobilization happens. The more you do, the more you're going to want to do. Well, thank you so much, Beth. And thank you, Graham, for being on our show today. And for our Newbies Club members, this conversation will continue after the end of the show, as Beth will provide tips on dealing with relatives whose opinions about self-care might not be healthy or supportive. So before we wrap up our conversation today, we have, I kind of teased this earlier in the show. You know, we've got this segment that we do for iTunes reviews. I was encouraging everyone to do iTunes reviews and help us out so other parents can find our show. So we are going to talk about an iTunes review. And this comes from Mrs. K. Harvey from Canada. She gave us five stars and the title of it was Perfect Timing. She said, so glad this podcast is up and running. I'm due for my first in September and I just finished catching up on all of the awesome podcasts. I'm now enjoying some awesome episodes in the Newbies podcast. The topics are interesting, the guests are informative, and I absolutely love that there are panelists on this podcast as well. Thanks for making such a great podcast for us newbies. Smiley face. Isn't that sweet? (laughs) Thank you. I love it. It's so nice. I mean... You know, you expect to hear from people that don't like stuff, but it's really nice to hear from people that do like your content. Right. (laughs) So this is awesome. Keep them coming. Uh, We love these reviews. Or if you just want to send us an email, we can read that on the show as well. We really do appreciate hearing from all the listeners because that's why we do this show, to help everyone out there. So thanks so much from Mrs. K. Harvey. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, the boob group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and twin talks for parents and multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft.
Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.